What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Struggle to Strength podcast, your source for real-life application on how to turn your struggles into strengths in all things mind, muscle, and money. Welcome to another episode of the Struggle to Strength podcast. (laughs) New intro music. Killing it these days. This is awesome. I think that was a good one, too. Uh, Was that reggae? Oh, this is some rock, some rock action. Oh, it was rock. I thought it was reggae and I was going to laugh because it was about smoking weed and thinking big. Yeah, we're thinking big today. We're, we're thinking big today. We're thinking um, big. We're thinking big and we're learning how not to make ourselves smaller, mm-hmm. both physically and financially. Mm-hmm. Hey, we have Sean Osborne on who is, uh, he owns Thinking Big. And is, I mean, he has podcasts, he has coaching services. I believe thinkingbig.com is where he mainly hosts his uh, content at. He does a bunch of webinars and, and free courses and whatnot. But essentially we, we learned today a little bit about what is holding us back from actually achieving the next level, whether it's a fitness goal, a financial goal, a goal to improve our relationship, uh, crushing limiting beliefs and thinking more from an abundance perspective rather than the scarcity mindset. I think, dude, people are just, people think small a lot. I think he's right. People think small. Yeah. And negative. They think small and and negative and yeah. yeah, and we pay attention more to the negative than the like opportunity that lies beyond that struggle. Like totally. the whole purpose of the podcast is struggle to strength. You don't continue to just pay attention to what you're struggling on. Yeah. You look past it and you look for the strength that lies on the other side. And so today was actually a pretty good conversation about how to do that. And mainly it comes down to awareness, but um, let's dive in and we'll listen to what Sean has to say and uh, we'll, we'll all learn a lot from it. So stay tuned, y'all. We'll see you inside. I'm excited to dive in here a little bit more. Um, Sean, you've got an absolutely killer setup. And I know that you do a lot of presentations and, you know, you have the hotkeys next to you and everything. Um, And yeah, I'm excited to learn from you today, man. I'm definitely excited to learn from you today. Oh, I'm, I'm so excited to be on here. And thanks for having me on the, on the podcast. I think any success comes from struggle. I think you have to go from struggle to strength to if you're, if you don't struggle when you first start, you're not doing the right thing. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's as simple as that. So, you know, I love the, love the podcast. So thank you uh, for having me on. Uh, this is going to be a blast. Of course, man. I appreciate it. And I, I'm glad that, uh, the, the title resonates. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. Cause actually that's what started my whole, my whole journey was, was a struggle uh, when mm-hmm. I was, so just some of my background a little bit is when I was 15, I was asked to leave school <laughs> in the ninth grade. In other words, I was kicked out. <laughs> I was wow. told, Sean, you're, you're not made for this. You're out of here. So I was 15 years old, no education. Uh, at about 16, uh, I think it was around 16, my then girlfriend said, hey, Sean, guess what? I'm pregnant. And so I'm sitting there at 16 years old, no education, working fast food, you know, washing dishes, bussing tables. And once our son came, you know, I'm sitting there and I I would just look around. I would say, okay, I know that I'm not stupid. I know I'm not dumb. I've, I've made some stupid, you know, decisions. I've done some dumb things, but I'm not stupid. And I would look around. I was like, there's something that other people are doing. You know, as a matter of fact, I was bussing tables and one night I was, I was in the restaurant and I was kind of in the back of the restaurant looking out over the dining room and thinking, okay, there's something that these people out here know. There's something that they are doing out there that 
I don't see, that I'm not doing, that that I'm just not getting because they are no better than me, but my life is way different than their life sitting out there. And that's really kind of the beginning of what started the transformation and started the change for me. And just to, you know, go ahead, just, literally just 10 years, I went from, you know, basically homeless and kind of living on my own at 15 to selling my first high-tech company for millions by the age of 30. And, you know, what really started what I'm doing, the passion of what I'm doing right now is even for the next five years after I sold my company for millions of dollars, I still felt like an imposter. I still felt like a fraud. And I still didn't understand that what happened was not luck. What happened was not just by chance. You know, what happened was, to me, there's a science, there's a law, there's a very clear steps on success. And if you follow those, I don't care where you are, I don't care where you start, if you follow those steps, you're going to be successful. And so, again, for five years, I felt like an imposter. And then I finally figured out, hey, what I did, you know, was was not on accident. And that's really when I started getting into you know, the personal development, the conscious, the subconscious, how we program ourselves, how we do these, these different things and really start to start to teach that. Because I remember, I I'm telling you back then it was like, uh, you could not, uh, you could not even see that there was a, a, a way out. I mean, it was almost like being in a, you know, I'm in the middle of an ocean in a rowboat and I don't even see land. I can row every direction and I'm just going nowhere. And, and I remember that feeling. I remember that, you know, that struggle of, I just don't see a way out. And that's, that's why I'm so passionate about helping people and getting people to the next level and, and teaching about these, you know, these uh, tricks and these tips and these things to, to get forward. And that's why I love this podcast. It's, uh, this is exactly what it's, what it's about. You said something there that I want to kind of like dive into a little bit more because so when you were 15, you were, you went through something which like, you know, I don't, I don't know how much it's affected you through your life, but like when you're young, like school is like everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's a, like school and your inter and your like interpersonal relationships are kind of everything. And often when you get older and you look back, you're like, Oh, I don't even care that I failed this or whatever. Or, you know, I don't, I can't even remember who my girlfriend was, but at the time it right. might've been, you know, felt like the world was ending. And so you, so that probably, I'm assuming that that kind of made you feel like a bit of a failure being told like, you're not good enough to do this, that Absolutely. sort of thing. But then yeah. you, you also mentioned that like, you know, you're working, you're seeing these people and you're like, I know that I'm not stupid. I know that I'm, that these people aren't better than me. So what, what was it like going through that? And like, how do you keep that like positive mentality as in experiencing that basically the people around you, the world, society, whatever, telling you that you are stupid, that you are a, a failure in a, in a way, you know, they're not necessarily right. saying right. that, but like, I think a lot of people would gather that and maybe even yeah. just roll over and be like, oh, I'm stupid. So I'm stupid. But you right. seem to kind of really know yourself and know like, okay, even at a young age, like I'm going to take this one on the chin. What like, what was that like? Did, was it, you know, depressing or how do you kind of keep that mentality? So I look at that at two ways. One is, you know, I think I got out in time to not be affected. So to me, I'm lucky I got out of school when I did because I didn't go in and I, I wasn't then programmed of things I couldn't do. 
You can't go start a company. You can't go talk to these, you know, millionaires. And, and actually one of the people I talked to was a billionaire. You know, I would go into these companies and say, hey, I need a million dollars. I'm starting a company. Uh, I, here's what you need to do. You need to get on board with, with my company and, and do these things. And I know for a fact that if I had stayed, and nothing against school, but if I had stayed in school, I know I would have been programmed on, you can't do that. That's not how the world works. You, you don't do it. So I was naive to the fact of what most people will think is unacceptable, things that you can't do. Uh, but going back to, the, to that, I think that that affected me more than anything. You know, when I left school, I did. I felt, even though I knew I wasn't stupid, I felt that affected me until probably in my 30s and 40s that I felt, I felt stupid. I mean, I mean, I felt dumb because I didn't go through those things. And that truly did affect me uh, for, for a long time. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it can be tough, especially, you know, we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this podcast. Um, and I think for good reason, you know, we talk about the the struggles of entrepreneurship and that's kind of the first, the first lesson in entrepreneurship is, you know, like, okay, I want to start a business, but I don't have any money. Cool. There's step one. That's your first task. Yeah. Um, that's your first struggle. <laughs> yeah. Um, and a lot of us are kind of taught to take the safe route. We're taught to fit into a box and, you know, whether or not it's something that we can or can't do, it's what we should do. And I think that the current education system has a way of fitting people into those boxes. Yeah. Um, I think that the current system has a way of sort of, you know, turning people away from things like trades. People make a lot of money in trades yeah. in trade school, yeah. but we have this idea and we're taught this way that makes us want to fit. Oh no, you're going to be a lawyer. You're going to be a doctor. You're going to um, do X, Y, Z. Right. That fits into a box. A society of creativity and risk-taking. So I can, I can imagine that not having learned that you didn't have to unlearn it. Correct. And now you're much more apt to take those risks. Um, now you, you still feel imposter syndrome though, yeah. which makes me feel as though, well, well, that's very normal. Do you still feel that way or have you worked through some of that? I've worked through a lot of that. And again, it was the first five years, you know, after I had sold my company that I still felt like it was an imposter. I just, it was, you know, it was just by chance that, that it happened. And it wasn't until I really started getting into the, you know, the neuro NLP and, and neural programming in our minds and, and all these things that I started to learn that it really wasn't. It was, you know, it was absolutely by design. I was just too naive to the design to know that I was doing it. Mm -hmm. And that's, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, again, I, I think I am truly blessed that I got out of school when I did. And again, nothing against school. I highly recommend my, my, my kids have all gone through school. They went through college. They did all these things that, that I didn't do. And it's like, uh, you know, so I fully recommend it. But for me, I was lucky that I got out when I did. But it, again, it affected me. I used to, I joke around that uh, dropout club is like fight club. You know, the first rule about dropout club is you don't talk about dropout club. <laughs> you don't tell people you dropped out. You, you don't talk about that stuff. <laughs> That's really funny. I think that um, it's interesting that you're still sending your kids through school, but at the same time, they now have a role model in you who can 
encourage them to take risks. And I think of this with, you know, Travis and, and Travis's father, Travis's father is a phenomenal woodworker, um, makes incredible pieces and has made a really good living doing so. So I imagine, you know, Travis growing up has, yeah, went to school, went to college, did the normal things that were like, quote unquote, normally supposed to do, but also had a role model in his father who kind of taught him that, Hey, you can do whatever you want to do. Like you can make a living doing anything that you enjoy doing or want to do. So are you cultivating that in your kids? And do you notice them picking up on that? I think so. So my son is just a bookworm. He got a PhD in nuclear and he's, oh, he's wow. just, <laughs> oh, he's wow. way off there. I, I, he's, <laughs> but, but my daughter owns a, a very successful salon. So I, I think what cool. I did with my companies, you know, definitely transferred into her and encouraging her to, you know, step up and actually, you know, make the jump to own her own company and, and do that. Uh, so I, I do. And it was funny is like, I look back after I sold the company and after I did that stuff and, you know, the imposter syndrome stuff came in, I actually learned that stuff after that. So it was literally after that, that I then became scared to go talk to people about money. Uh, hey, I want you to invest in my company. It, it's so funny that I went through all that and did all that stuff, yet still that somehow that still got programmed into me after that to where I was kind of there on the second half of life. It's like, yeah, I was... Mm -hmm. I can't go talk to that person to get, you know, an investment into my company. I can't, you, you don't do that. That's not how it works. And uh, so, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm glad that you, you use the word program. And, you know, anybody who's on this journey of self-exploration, self-development, um, you know, shadow work, looking inward, any, any, how, whatever you want to refer to it as. Yeah. We understand that we are programmed. We are as a result. We, who we are today as a result of everything that we've experienced in our past. Yep. Um, now I'm curious, what are a few, like, I, I like actionable takeaways here. So what are a few of the, I guess, programmings that we should look out for, especially as entrepreneurs that can make us, I know obviously imposter syndrome is one of them, but I'm curious to know what else you've experienced. So, yeah. So what, Part of what I teach, so my whole back end, my whole career, the company I started was all high tech, uh, you know, computer companies and stuff like that. I have a book coming out later this year called the UOS, and it's it's talks about really just that is we are we are just like a computer, and every output we have our res our results are just an output from a program that we have. And if you have a problem with relationships, if you have a problem with you know your finances, it's just a program that's running. And all you have to do is change that program and you get a different output, different input, different output. And so I teach people, uh, especially through this book and through the, you know, the US workshops is tools and tips and tricks on how to change that programming. You know, how can you create a different output? How can you program yourself differently? And there's so many ways to do it. And one of the powerful ones that I take people through is I am a big believer that you do not fake it till you make it. I know people say, fake it till you mm. make it, fake it. I, that it, to me, that is one of the worst things you can say. To me, it's uh, act as if. So act as if you're already there. Act as if you're, you're already mm -hmm. doing that. You're setting your, your subconscious mind to go look for those things. And one of the tools that I do is a thing called remember your future. And what that is, is on a, on a particular date, what are you going to have? What's it going to feel like? Where are you at? Well, you know, what are you driving? Where are you living? What does it smell like? And actually build a memory, not just a thought, not just build an actual memory because your subconscious doesn't know whether it's mm -hmm. a real memory or a fake memory. Uh, build a memory of, of your future and work towards that. So that's one of the tools that I do. But there's so many ways to change the programming 
of what we do. The hap some people call them habits. It's just a program that's running. Yeah. Automatically. That's, 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 um, that's kind of like visualization, I guess, in, yeah. in a way, um, mm -hmm. which I think is something that's sometimes over, um, sometimes overvalued by certain people and then yep. largely undervalued by a lot of people. Cause like yeah. there's so many people who are just unhappy with their current situation and what, you know, ev everything, but they've never really stopped to think about like what would make them actually happy. Like what, you know, right. what does that look like? How are you supposed, like, how are you supposed to get somewhere where you, if you don't even know where you're going, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The first thing is obviously you've got to know exactly what you want to do, exactly where you want to be. So for, and I use this as an example, uh, behind me right here, that was my first Ironman that I did. And at the time that I signed up for the Ironman, uh, that first one, I was about 300 pounds, uh, considered morbidly obese. And I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to drink my own Kool-Aid. I'm going to put this shit to action. I'm going to see if it really works. So I said, here's what you do. I set a goal. I said, two years out on this exact day, May 13th, on this exact day, I have to be able to swim 2.4 miles. I've got to be able to ride uh, the bike 112 miles. And then I got to go and run a, an entire marathon. So I knew the, the exact day exact day. If, if I didn't, I died. It's either mm -hmm. do or die. So on that day, I knew I had to do this, this, and this. And you have to be that specific on any goal. If you say, oh, I want to, I just want a better relationship, or I just want better finances, or I just want this, or I just want that. You're not going to get anything. You yeah. have to have that exact, you got to know exactly what you want, what exactly what you expect out of, out of life at a time. You, you, you've got to do that. You've got to get down to that detail. This is like kind of a, this is a, um, a thing that I just went through in my own business and I'm going through right now. Um, but kind of like changing my business around, but looking at like exactly, exactly what is the, the niche or niches that I want to be in, who exactly are my ideal clients? Like, cause I do, I do video production. So it's like, you know, you, you kind of fall into working with the things that you're passionate about or that are like easy to you. But then you, a lot of creatives don't really think about like, well, where's the money, you know, <laughs> like right, the yeah. pharmaceutical, like the healthcare industry, uh, you know, doctors, lawyers, like there are certain industries that have more money than others. And so it's like thinking about, okay, you know, who would I want to work with in different industries that have, that make money and then working back, you know, all the way funneling back to like, how many people do I have to reach out to every single day to yep. accomplish getting X amount of clients to make X amount of money? And I think that that's, it's that type of thing that a lot of people, um, you know, definitely in my profession and creatives, like wouldn't even know, they wouldn't even know that concept exists. Yeah. Um, and then what's also great about that is that when I say it's like overrated for some people, I think a lot of people just kind of like think about what they want and then never put any actionable steps in. And like, yeah. that's really the key. Like anyone can think about anything, right? but it like what actually, you know, what actually makes something happen is those yeah. like day, what are your daily habits to like get to that place? Yeah. Take, take, take your thought of a, of a million dollars to the bank and see how far it gets you. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> do anything. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. It's like, and I think this is the, when I work with, with my clients, one of the biggest things that they don't get at first is, yeah, thoughts do become things we do, but the thought isn't what programs our subconscious. It's the feeling. So our subconscious, you know, our imagination and feeling 
absolutely dictate how we program our subconscious. So if you're just thinking about things, oh, I want this, I want this, without putting the feeling behind it, it's not going to actually reprogram you know, the subconscious. It has to be done with feeling. Uh, you can think all you want. It's just not going to get anywhere until you put the feeling behind it. And then, you know, once you put the feeling behind it, then that's when you start seeing the new opportunities. That's when you start seeing, you know, things that have always been there. It's just, we're not, we don't see them because we're not uh, programmed to see them. We're, we're not seeing those things. So yeah, I think that's, yeah, you can't just visualize stuff. It's not going to, it's not going to work. You also mentioned um, that, you know, part, what, part of your imposter syndrome was that you felt like you just kind of like fell into this, but then you realized that, no, I didn't just fall into this. I was kind of act, I fell into following like actionable steps basically. Right. Like there's kind yep. of like a blueprint and I kind of stumbled into that blueprint maybe, but like I actually, you know, I followed this system. So I guess like my burning question is like, what is the system? <laughs> So, and it's easy. And here's the thing, you, you, you can go look at material from all these different successful people. I don't care what, if it, if they're successful in sports and cooking, you know, a chef in, in buying it, but whatever it is, they all say the same type of thing. You got to have a burning freaking desire for what it is you want. You want, you have to know exactly what you want. Uh, and if you start with that, you're then going to build the persistence to keep going. If you don't have a burning desire, you're not going to, you, you, at the first sign of defeat, you know, you're going to give up. Uh, it's not worth it. I'm not, you know, that won't work. It's not, not worth it. So you've got to have the burning desire. You have to have the the persistence to keep moving on. You, you've got to, you've got to open yourself up to the imagination. So thinking big, you know, the big in my thinking big is beliefs, imagination, and growth. It's a success loop. You know, you've, you've got to have that imagination and the feelings to be able to, uh, to move those things forward. Then you grow a little bit, then you imagine even more. Uh, and then you, you know, you, you grow into that and then that's, that's your new belief now. And so I, th I think it, it's, it is an absolute science that if you have a burning desire for something and you go after it, at that point, when you say, I'm, this is what I want, I'm going after it. At that exact point is when you're going to start seeing things. Oh, I never noticed that I, I should call this person. Ah, you start seeing these ideas of, of things that gravitate towards that of what you want. Uh, you start uh, meeting the people. You'll start, you'll get the money. You know, the biggest thing I see is people say, well, I don't have the money. I don't have the time to do that. Uh, I don't know the people. You're, you're going about it ass backwards. You make the decision first, then you find the people, then you find the money, then you find the resources, then you find that the tech of what you want. Then you, people always work backwards. They always say, well, I've got to find these things. I've got to have all of these things before I make the decision. And yeah, it's just backwards. Yeah, I, and I, I think that kind of what we're, we're getting into almost um, the concept of is, a lot of people are looking to be motivated so that they can take action. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're, oh, I want this thing. I want to do this thing. All right, cool. Well, you know, I, I, I kind of want to do this thing right now. Like I, I'm not really, it's hard for me to get motivated to do that thing. Well, you don't really want that thing then. Yeah. You don't want that thing. But what you're saying is you create a very, very vivid, very clear image of what that thing is. And it sounds like you have people do an exercise where, you know, they might write down what they're accomplishing, who they're accomplishing it with, where they are, the, the smells in the air, where in the world they are, um, who they're surrounded by, like what their house looks like, what their office looks like. I imagine it's very, very detailed like that Yeah. to make it a memory. Yeah. 
and then working backwards. And then eventually now, if you work backwards long enough, you have a list of action items that you need to accomplish. Once you do that first action item and you see that it's getting you a little bit closer to your goal, well, now you're going to be motivated. Yeah. So you need to, you need to have steps. You need to have action items in place, almost like a GPS would it give you steps one at a time? You're not just always looking at that final destination. And as you check off those boxes, as you check off those steps, well, now you're seeing progress. You're motivated to continue taking action. And that creates the persistence to keep moving on despite the challenges and the adversities that you may face along the way. Yeah, and, and the way I, I look at it is you have to do it before it does you. You get motivation will take you the first couple steps. It'll take you, you know, the, the first week or two, to, unless you have a very good willpower, then it'll take you a little bit further. But once, once you start doing it, it is what starts driving you to do it. And, and it's, it's almost like a, it's people call it a habit. People call it, a, you know, but if you look at people who work out, who wants to go to the gym when you, when you first start out, nobody wants to go to the gym. Nobody wants to go lift weights. No one wants to go exercise. But then what you see is you see a change. They start doing it. And then all of a sudden it becomes a habit on their super highway, on their subconscious that it's now driving the decision to go work out. The person's willpower, they're not motivated to go do that anymore. It's now part of the subconscious that it's motivating you to go. And when it says, let's go do this, you're going to, you're going to go do it. So you have to, nobody wants to do the things when they first start out. And that's the biggest thing is nobody wants to start doing this, all the crap, because it's hard work until you start. And then once you start, then it takes over and, and, you, you do it just out of habit. You do it out of, cause that's, that's where you're programmed. Yeah. That's uh, Fitness is always like the best analogy. Cause that's totally how, like I've, you know, looking back on getting into like fitness when I was in, in high school, you're right. It was like, I had never, before I had lifted a weight or anything like that, I wasn't like, Oh, I can't wait to go lift weights. What it was, was it started with like, I am going to build a lot of muscle. Like that is just like, that's what I, you know, I was like fairly skinny and I was like, I want to build muscle. And there's like, you know, so there's like the burning desire. There's like nothing that's going to get in my way. Like that, that's what I'm going to do. So, okay, what do I have to do? So I start doing the things that you have to do. And then as I started doing them, then I started to kind of like fall in love with them. And then it was just a lifelong habit because like now I, you know, I don't necessarily even work out to like you know, build a ton of muscle anymore. I do it just cause like, I love it and it, it keeps you healthy. Um, and you probably feel guilty if you don't. Right. Your, your, your body mm -hmm. says, Hey, uh, you're, you're feeling like a slouch, you know, you, you need to get in there. You need to do this. And it's now driving, it's now driving that habit and you're no longer driving that habit. And that's what we need to get to in all aspects of our life. That it, And it's, it works the same no matter what we're, what we're going after. But yeah, nobody wants, I, and I see this more than anything in runners because running is a very, when you first start running is a very hard thing to do. Uh, it's cardio. People can go a mile and it's just like they're dead. And they, nobody, I can guarantee nobody who goes to these, you know, run clubs and does this running wants to do it. They're like, fuck, I do not want to go out there again. And then after a couple months or doing five, six miles and they're loving it. And it's like, it's now, yeah, I see it in, in running more than, more than anything that it, mm -hmm. it really starts driving them. Uh, once they, once they make the decision and they, they start going, it, it drives their, it drives them from then on out. Mm -hmm. So here's a question I have for you, Sean, we're, we're talking a lot about um, creating success and making changes to our lifestyle. And we've touched a little bit here and there on, you know, facing 
adversities or having the persistence to continue moving on through those adversities. I think one of the biggest challenges that a lot of people face when they first take on any sort of large, um, you know, uh, goal of, of any sort, whether it's a new business, whether it's a health and fitness goal, um, you know, starting a family relationships, whatever it may be is I think human beings are innately attracted to viewing and paying attention to negativity, paying attention to reasons why they can't do it. You know, and we're really good at talking ourselves out of doing things that are good for us. We're not very good at talking ourselves into things that are good for us. So we're very negatively mindset uh, or we're very wired for a negative mindset. Um, And something that I like to think about relating this to is like, you know, if you were skiing or snowboarding, um, you don't want to hit the trees, right? If you're riding through the trees, you don't mm-hmm. want to hit the trees. Not great to hit the trees. So what do you do to avoid the trees? Well, you don't look at them. You don't pay attention to them. You look yep. between them. But for some reason, we have a hard time doing this mentally and rewiring ourselves to look between negative uh, you know, mindset or look between adversities for the opportunity that lies beyond them. How can we rewire our brain in that capacity to look beyond the adversity to the opportunity that lies ahead of it? I think the first step is to realize how much you have these negative thoughts. And I think there's, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dr. Amen. Uh, he's he's a, a mind doctor, but he has this thing called killing ants, killing automatic negative thoughts. And one of the first things I take people through is I have them have a notebook. And every time they have a negative thought from the second day, I'm telling you by the First day, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe how many <laughs> negative thoughts I have. Within five minutes of getting up, we all have hundreds. And I'm like, you make a check mark every time on this one piece of paper, every time you have a negative thought over the next two weeks. They come back with papers, way more. People don't realize until you start focusing, where you focus, that's where your energy goes. That's where you start seeing things. And we just don't understand how many negative thoughts we have. And it's all the time. I still do it. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And it's part of our, I guess, our programming, part of how we've come up. And it's actually part of, uh, to me, it's part of our DNA. It's part of who we are because way back in, we had to, what happens if a lion comes in here? What happens if, you know, if, if this shit happens, but we're in a spot that we don't necessarily need that, uh, need that anymore. But yeah, I think becoming aware of our negative thoughts is the first step to understanding how much we do it mm-hmm. on everything. Yeah. I think awareness is a, is a great first step. Um, now beyond that, being aware of something is one thing. How do you go about rewiring that now? By purposely being positive. If you're aware of them and you start getting rid of those negative thoughts and you start putting positive thoughts in there, I think you need to be extremely even keeled. You don't, you know, I, I was teaching you, you can't take things personally. You can't take it. You just got to be very even keeled, stay positive, look at the positive in everything. And and to me, gratitude is probably one of the best ways to, you cannot be, you know, be in a grateful state and have negative things at the same time. So the more we can stay in a grateful state and people think I'm crazy, but even you, we can be grateful about it. If you're in a car accident, be grateful for it. Hey, hey, that's great. I, I didn't get I wasn't killed. I wasn't, you know, whatever it's, it's, you, you can't, once you start getting mad and start getting negative, that's when it snowballs. So I think really mm-hmm. staying even keeled and looking at the positives of any, of any situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think every situation has a potential positive outcome. There was, um, I forget where I heard this, but uh, the story of the Chinese farmer and, you know, essentially 
uh, he kept on having seemingly bad things happen to him. And people would come up to him and they'd say, oh my God, I'm so sorry. That's terrible. And he said, eh, maybe, but it would ultimately turn into a positive one. One of the ones that I remember was like his son broke his leg uh, and people were like, oh my God, that's so terrible. I'm so sorry. It's, it's an awful thing. And he said, eh, maybe. And then there was a draft and his son couldn't get drafted because he had a broken leg. And so like everything has a positive yeah. potential. Um, if you can look through, like look between the trees, look between the negative thoughts and, and find that. Now, do you think it's important to feel those negative thoughts or do, are we just avoiding them? No, I think you have to change, change what you're thinking. Negative, negative is negative. And, you know, I, I teach some things, but it's a, uh, every negative is positively identified in your subconscious positively. So when you say, I don't want to be poor, or I don't want to have this, all your subconscious mind sees is poor. Mm. You know, I don't want to be in an abusive relationship. The only thing your subconscious mind sees is abusive. So that's what you get. Uh, so you have to change the way you talk and the way you say, because again, every negative is positively seen in your subconscious mind. And it's like when I talk to people, I talk to people and they say they're, they're saving for a rainy day. That drives me crazy. Mm -hmm. You know what's going to happen if you save for a rainy day? You're going to have a freaking rainy day. You're going to you're, you're inviting <laughs> that into your life. So it's like, why not save for an amazing trip around the world? And if something happens, yeah, you take some of it and you, you fix your roof, you fix your AC, mm -hmm. but don't save for a freaking rainy day because that's exactly what you're going to get. <laughs> so keeping the, even just keeping the thoughts themselves on a positive nature changes the course of, of what we do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or <clears throat> another a big one that's been like a big change for me is I used to be the type of person who's like, oh, um, you know, maybe I'm running into financial issues. Like, let me figure out how I can like spend less money. And then I start, you know, looking at like, okay, how can I like eliminate this thing and eliminate this thing? And I kind of like, I changed my mentality like years, years back till it's like, all right, how can I like make more money? You know what I mean? Like, instead of like, trying to save like $10 here, $10 here. It's like, how can I like make large, you know, large chunks of money? Like, what can I change about instead of like, what can I change about like my, you know, these little like day-to-day -day habits, which like a lot of them, it's like, I kind of need to do it. You know, I don't really right. want to spend, I don't want to buy like worse quality food. Like, you know what I mean? I don't want to spend right. less money on my food. Yeah. Um, so it's like, how can I like, make a little tweak to like what I do so that I'm getting paid more for my services, for instance, um, and things like that. And I've just noticed it's like been, I'm, I'm way more financially stable doing things like that. Cause you just focus, you spend so much time focusing on these little like negative things. And it's like, yeah, maybe you save like 50 bucks versus like you could have made like 2000. So, yeah. And here's the thing, your subconscious mind is watching very closely everything you do. It's seeing every single thing you're doing in it, and it's starting to put into alignment uh, the world around you based on that. Do small things. It, you know, if, if you want to be more financially, you know, abundant, when you go out to dinner, tip an extra 10%. Give them a few extra dollars. Uh, once a week, go out and buy a nice meal. I mean, don't get yourself into debt doing it, but go buy that nice meal. Feel that. Be there because you're, here's what's going to happen. Your, your mind's going to say, your subconscious mind's gonna say, I like that, that's nice. And what's it gonna do? It's gonna start looking for opportunities to get that more. It knows what you like. It knows what, from a feeling standpoint, it knows what makes you feel good. And it's gonna say, 
hold on. I like, he likes those. That's what they, they like. So I'm going to look at these other opportunities to get there. So tip a little extra when you go out. It gives your mind the, the mindset of money's not, you know, a limiting thing. You know, you're tipping a little extra here. You, you buy a nice meal here. You know, you buy a nice bottle of wine if that's important. I, you know, I'm not saying take, you know, 10 of your friends on a private jet to, to Paris to, you know, to, to act as if. But those, it just takes those little things for your subconscious mind to start saying abundance rather than not abundance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And with this same like example too, I just, I, I feel like, you know, whatever, like you said, like where your energy goes is your, where your focus goes. That's like where your energy goes. And if you think about like what kind of what's happening, um, practically too, is like, you're, you're always practicing in a way you're always practicing Mm -hmm. and getting better at something. So in my two examples, if I could spend two days, um, you know, going through like analyzing, figuring out how I could like save a little money on my monthly bills, or I could spend two days, like learn, um, figuring out how to like make, make more money. You know, maybe those two things are the same and they even out, but on this side, like what's, what like positive skills that I just learned that are then going to like build on me and continue to serve me forever. Like in my example, I'm a videographer. Like, did I have to like learn how to add like a specific service on or like learn how to like use a new piece of equipment like that is propelling me forward versus like what am I learning by like doing this thing and I don't mean you should necessarily you know everybody should review their their finances and you shouldn't be just like blowing money that you don't you know that doesn't serve you but you know if you if you hyper focus on something that's what you're learning you know and I would personally rather learn how to like get better at what I'm doing versus like conserve things that might not matter. And from a mindset standpoint, that's exactly what, what you need to be doing because now you're, again, your, your mind sees either abundance or not. And, and if it sees you even doing little things, even if you, again, let's go back to, to, uh, you know, to tipping, even if let's say the standard's 25%. Now I don't know what the, let's say it's 25% now. And, and you say, no, I'm going to do 20%. Your mind, your subconscious automatically thinks that there's limited amounts of money. So it's going to do things to protect you so you don't have to worry about that. So you're, you're not going to see, uh, you know, simple little things like that. It, it doesn't take a lot to, to change the way your mind starts perceiving things. Very simple, very easy things. Uh, so when you do that, it, so looking at things that are positive, things that you can get better, things that you can do things, that will drive, you know, what you see. That will drive opportunities. Mm-hmm. So if you have a limited mindset and you're looking at, you're not even going to see some of the opportunities that you're getting right now. Mm-hmm. So some of the things that you're not even going to, that idea is not going to pop into your head to say, hey, I should go look at this video stuff. Because from a, if you're living in a limited, you won't even be, you're not even going to be represented that, that idea or those people or whatever it is that's helping you get along further in, in your company. You won't even see it. Won't even present itself. It's right there in front of you. It always has been, but but you don't see it. <laughs> yeah, I think I think this is um, this is becoming more and more common and more popular for people to start focusing on because we're realizing the power of this. Um, now, in your business, what is what do you see as the most common issue that needs addressing? Is it the limiting beliefs? Is it the imposter syndrome? Is it scarcity mindset? It's, it, to me, it goes back to the limiting beliefs, but just knowing our limiting beliefs does nothing to change them. 
So that's the big thing. So I do one, I uh, do an exercise where it's a visual. So we can have limiting beliefs, whether it's visual limiting beliefs, what you see out there, uh, what you auditory limiting beliefs, uh, cognitive. So the things we think now to me, uh, what is a limiting belief? It is something that we believe true to our heart as being true and honest that might not be right. And I actually take people through a visual limiting belief that they look at these two squares that are identical in color. They are, I, I'm telling you there, I've, I've gotten in fights with people. They're the exact same color, <laughs> but we're all programmed with, with different things from shadows to uh, patterns to different things. So when you see those, they are, you see them as two different colors. Uh, it is a visual limiting belief. And knowing that they're the same color does not change the fact in your life. It doesn't honestly change anything in your life, knowing that you have a limiting belief and that those two colors are the same. When I take the programming away, when I take the shadows away, when I take all these other things away and just have the two squares, so, oh yeah, those are the exact same color. So just knowing our limiting beliefs, our limiting beliefs happen before we even have consciously or available to do anything. So if, going back to those two same colors, your subconscious mind is feeding you that those are two different colors before you consciously can even make the decision that's to say those are the same or two different colors. It's, it's telling you those are two different colors well before you have no control of it. It's in your subconscious. You have no control of it. So knowing our limiting beliefs doesn't change them. So spending years digging into what our limiting beliefs are doesn't necessarily make any change. It's going forward on what we want, setting, setting our expectations, setting our goals, setting these, who cares what our limiting, limiting beliefs are? Because if, if you have a goal that's way out there, I don't care. You're going to start seeing the things, whether you have a limiting belief or not. If you truly set that goal and you want that goal, you're going to start seeing things differently anyways. So why spend years, you know, like an archaeologist, you know, digging for dinosaurs, looking at these, you know, limiting beliefs because knowing them does not change them at all. I think that's really valuable. I think, um, you know, having everything that we've talked about today, having the goal, reverse engineering, what it takes to get there and being very clear and very specific on it has a massive impact on whether or not you are likely going to achieve that goal. And so I yeah. like the, the system. I like the framework that you're utilizing here. Um, I think it's something that more people probably need to learn and have access to. So, um, I guess, you know, to kind of wrap things up, I would love to know a little bit more about like where we can find you, tell our listeners, like what your socials are, where they can learn more about you and your system, your framework. Um, give yourself a plug, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I appreciate that. So thinkingbigcoaching.com is is the primary source for uh, getting a hold of me. I, I run the Thinking Big podcast where we talk about, again, thinking big, thinking into, you know, the things that we want in life, uh, thinking big on basically all of the social media. So uh, Instagram, uh, Thinking Big Coaching. Uh, so basically that's all platforms I've got, uh, the Thinking Big Coaching. Uh, so I'd love to have people come, you know, come look at the stuff I do. So I do a lot of free workshops every year. I do uh, free Think and Grow Rich workshops because I think that is a good base that a lot of people can relate to. Uh, it's a, to me, it's a good intro to get people into thinking a different way. So I do free workshops on that. And then obviously my UOS stuff and coaching stuff at the podcast. Love to have people uh, come check it out and take a look at it. 
Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you, man. I really appreciate you coming on, educating us. This is a valuable conversation. I always love diving deep into, you know, um, our, just our mentality, our yeah. mindset around things. It all starts in the brain. It all starts in the mind. So um, Absolutely. I highly recommend everybody go check out Sean's stuff, um, learn how to think big, take part in his workshops. Uh, I don't think there's ever you know, I don't think there's a such thing as doing too much of this work. So, uh, Sean, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your knowledge with us. And for everybody who's tuned into this episode of the Struggle to Strength podcast, I appreciate you all. We will see you all next week. Yeah.